0: This week on The Native Immigrants, we talk to the multi talented Suk Orjula. Listen in to the second half where she tells us all about her journey into comedy and more.
1: The Native Immigrants are in the building. Hit the music. Salutations and welcome to another episode of The Native Immigrants. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hello! We started today's show, as we always do, with an argument. Massive argument.
0: we just like, just to fucking do it tomorrow. And then I was like, no, we're not doing it tomorrow. And then we here we are.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> here, yeah, here we are. Um, because we still deliver this shit to you people. Yeah.
0: Through gritted teeth. Yep, we put our arguments aside for the time being. Bury it and become really passive aggressive with each other.
1: Bury it for like an hour until we finish recording and then resume accordingly.
0: Yep, where we know we'll just like go to bed and turn to opposite ways and then you know. Just not speak to each other for the rest of the night. No, that's not true. Not speak- that's not how it happens. Because I refuse <laughs> to go to sleep in an argument. That's like a philosophy I've lived by. Yeah. It really annoys him because he loves to drag out an argument.
1: I and don't have I to drag. Would, I don't have to I drag will it just out. End it. No, I don't have to drag it out. I just don't want to like then talk to you. I don't need to yeah, discuss things to, uh, with he you likes afterwards. Drag it out. He likes, that's not dragging it out. It argument is, is out. continually speaking and going back and like you know, like throwing all words of like, you know, spewing hate towards each other. No, it's also that's being an argument.
0: Like, like I said, passive aggressive and just moody and sulky and silent. If I'm so, no, silent.
1: It is this between silence and passive aggressiveness. This
0: argument is over, bus. Oh yeah.
1: As I think I <laughs> determine when an argument's finished, thank you. What? In what world? this one no okay so the other thing is right um and through this whole time trying to talk really passionately about arguments um jojo b's got a pair of headphones on
0: finally so right for all of the episodes that we've ever done before i've never worn any headphones Mm. and so this is the first time i'm wearing headphones and it's weird because i can hear myself and i can hear him in my like ear very intensely and, you know, just hearing him in normal life is is intense enough. And he said that my voice is different because I've got headphones on. Yes. And I don't think that's true.
1: It's completely true when you hear him on, on mine.
0: But that's because it just, it's, for some reason, it just makes me sound lower in our headphones. But I don't sound like that. It, I'm talking I mean, like a normal kind of, person. This is not always talk. People, if you're listening, and there's some kind of difference, mm. then you can end this argument for us because this is partly what we were arguing about before. Because he didn't want me to have headphones on while we were recording because he's like, you sound different, but I don't. It, it
1: kind of does. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to edit the whole show and just kind of like, you know reduce the volume on JoJo B's uh, you know track. You and, and then people will see what I'm really. And then people will be like, oh yeah, you're right. I do sound he different.
0: I sound. I sound like this the radio like voice yes sexy phone voice or like hello callers tell me about your love problem and i don't talk like that so that's just nonsense i mean i wish i could talk like that all of the time but usually it's just when i have a sore throat mm. and so then i can't speak properly but like that's not how i speak <laughs>
1: I know that's not how you speak, which is the reason why I always pick you up on it when you do speak like that. When we've had radio interviews in the past and we've been on other shows in the past, it's been like very much like a melancholic Jojo B. No,
0: it's like, it's just calming it down because I can't be my usual like mental self. Why? On Because, you know, like time and a place. A podcast is like in our living room so I can be how I want. But mm-hmm. when you go somewhere, you have to be slightly more professional.
1: That's that whole weird adage and stuff from our cultural roots that are like, I you're going My dad house, instilled this in me, you go to somebody else's house, like, you have to be really calm. Don't talk to anyone, just sit there.
0: And don't ask for a drink. Never ask for anything from anyone when you go to their house, because if you do, you'll get told off for asking for a drink or like a piece of food after you've been there for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I said that wrong. <laughs> you don't say anything, you don't ask them for anything. If they offer it, then fine, but only Barney. No juice and definitely no coke. <laughs> That's what I used to get told. And then obviously, you, know, you yeah. go to like some family's houses and they're just like eat. Yeah. As, as soon as but you walk it's in. crazy.
1: You know, some houses you go to and they don't even offer you a glass of water either. And you're there for like three, four hours yeah, and know. it was like, all right, so yeah, I think we're going to go now. Oh, okay. No worries. It was lovely seeing you guys. And you'd be like, motherfucker, didn't even <laughs> offer me like a glass of water this whole time.
0: There were some houses when I got a bit older where I'd literally just go into the kitchen and help myself. Yeah, that's when you reach
1: like, that rapport.
0: Auntie, I'm going to make a sandwich and then I'd just go and make a sandwich for
1: myself. <laughs> but wouldn't make anything for anybody else, would it? Do no,
0: you know I mean? I'd turn up with like a cheese and cucumber sandwich and they'd be like, this is mine. <laughs> None of you. And there'd always be cheese slices in everybody's fridge.
1: There'd always be cheese slices. In there'd always in the be cheese slices. This is the thing, I'm here. Like, I don't know what you're hearing. Chopped
0: up com- cucumber and some white bread. Yeah. Mighty white. When I can eat gluten. Yeah. Good times. And this is how I'm gonna talk for the rest of the first half. Isn't it lovely? Imagine it's like a chocolate pouring very slowly from a cup and it's like a chocolate fountain.
1: Okay, something something <laughs> chocolate fountain.
0: My voice is like a chocolate fountain.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Sorry, I feel like I'm on drugs right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you heavily sound it. Uh, but but talking about I'm lovely tired, things, delirious
2: with tiredness.
1: take your deliriousness out of this equation, Jojo V. We're talking about good things that have happened to us now. We were lucky enough uh, and thankful to the Eastern Eye for including us in their article this week about podcasting. Yay! Big up, meter Mystery, as John Nazir, everyone at Eastern Eye boop, boop. for, yeah, promoting us. That was a great look from their side. They said successful podcasts, Ooh. and we were included in that bracket.
0: Low bar for success.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, bastard, that this is the greatest podcast in the world, and they, the fact that they acknowledged it is more applauded on their side rather than ours.
0: Yes, well done them. Yes, For recognizing For greatness. Recognizing
1: greatness, exactly. Uh, but seriously, yeah, shout to Mita Mystery uh, who put the article together, and big up all the other podcasts that were featured. Soul Sutras are on there, and our brother Satman, the SMT, who we were lucky enough to be guests on uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, listen, on his listen. on his uh, podcast,
0: like a podcast thing
1: happened. I don't find the word. A podcast thing happened. <laughs> I don't like I want because I'm trying to think what would she what was she trying to say? And I'll give you like I a would union. have re- responded. Well, no, a union with like, like a, a crossover, that's the collaboration. word collaboration.
0: Yeah, collab. That's it. Like oh, wow. okay, a crossover, you know, like that kind of thing. I've lost my mind, honestly. Lost
1: your mind and your voice as well at the same time. <laughs> this is all sounding very much like it was LSD related. I don't think this
0: is how people on LSD talk. I really don't. But, um, yeah.
1: No, it was a lovely thing. Jojo B's um, downplaying of it (laughs) aside. um, It was a massive look for us. And we're hugely grateful to um, to East and I uh, for showcasing us. And, um, yeah, shout out to Mita, shout out to Azjad. Make sure you get your copy. It's out this week uh, on newsstands everywhere. Some of our cousins were actually sending us photos uh, when they got their copy of it and saying how proud they were of us. And, you know, we're very, very thankful for that. We are. Um, So, yeah, make sure you get your copy. And if not, check out the article online on Eastern Eye's website. Right. So what's been happening this week? Well, There really is only one thing that people are talking about currently.
0: Yes, especially if you're Asian, I think.
1: Especially if you're Asian. But I'll say that this thing seems to be drawing a lot of conversation from a lot of people at the moment across social media.
0: It's been very much pushed by Netflix. Yes, yes. Which is nice. It's kind of like a hero project for them.
1: Mm, No, that's that's very true. Because usually, you know, when you get the things... Um, that come up on your on your screen when you sign into Netflix. It gives them gives you the programs that are the if you liked this, then you'll definitely like this. Yeah. And so if you've watched some like you know Indian films or Indian series or TV shows or whatever, um, it will give you other recommendations of things that are of of a similar nature mm-hmm. um, as part of your recommended list. But this was like a, across like trending and popular on Netflix um, across like all genres.
0: Is it because they're so starved for new content on Netflix? Because we've all been sat at home for four months and just like watched everything that's worth watching.
1: But that's the thing, there's so much on there and then you think like how much can you potentially fit in? So for that to stand out amongst all the other shows that are currently on Netflix um, I think it's a massive look not only in what the show is and what it's about um, but also like people just want to like have a sense of the taste of what happens during this whole process <laughs> with our culture and um it is a massive massive eye-opener um Indian matchmaking yes. is the show that we are talking about here yeah yeah so Jojo B started watching it then she said to me right I can't watch this any further because you have to watch this yeah we I had need- to
0: watch it together because it was just one of the things that we had to discuss it I needed to have someone to talk to about it
1: as and I because you it. have no friends or life, I'm the only other person apart from Bubs that you can talk to about these things.
0: And also because it's not like live TV, you can't really kind of get into Twitter chat with uh, with people about it mm. as as you're watching it. Yeah. So it's not like you know, in the old days you used to like kind of tweet along to X Factor or whatever. So it's really hard. You need to have a discussion with someone. Yes. And so because you married me, this is your duty.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't sign up for this, but it is what it is. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I kind of you know decided to watch this with not so much a bit of apprehension because Jojo B watches loads of shit on Netflix, and I'm just like, you know, I love what? all you of just...
0: their dating shows; they're all unbelievably glorious.
1: Yes, yes, and I'm just like, ah, you know, what if it's another one of them ones? You you watch it, and you know, maybe I'll watch it and stuff, and I will never get around to it anyway. But Indian matchmaking, um, not only because of the crazy hype that it delivered, but it's easy enough from someone from our culture to kind of be like, oh yeah, that's kind of what we do. But to see it in front of your eyes was like a real kind of like, wow.
0: But is it what we do? That's the thing. Like, is it a real, like true reflection of how it works? Yes. We always have like, well, a lot of people, including Mm. myself, have people trying to set you up, but we never paid anyone to set us up. You know, like we never went that far. And, I just, I was like, what? what is this world that we live in currently? But then I kind of understand it because we know lots of people who haven't, you know, haven't found anyone and really want to find their partner but can't for whatever reason. And so I kind of get why people would hire someone like that. But it's just the characters that she meets and the things that are said by her, the matchmaker. Seema
1: Tabaria by- is the name of the matchmaker, yeah. who's the main uh, protagonist of the show.
0: And I'm, I'm guessing she's you know gonna have a long list of clients now because there'll be lots of people who'd be like oh yeah you know what i could do with someone like her
2: helping Uh, me out yeah
0: but at the same time like just it just showed you how much we haven't moved on even though we think that we are trying to move on how much our culture just has not moved on Mm. in the words that are used in the attitudes that there are amongst the parents amongst the people um and also, really, like, made me feel really judgy.
1: This is, I think, this is the one big thing that comes out of it. It's like we're looking at it from a very much a, a judgmental perspective on other people and their, um, you know, that criteria. But you know, they're the things that they're looking for in particular uh, with their respective potential partners and mm. things like that. And you know, th- there's been a lot, obviously, right now on social media. I don't want to divulge too much i guess into what happens because
0: we've discussed so much about this together that we then decided that actually Mm. this has to be a show on its own yes for sure so we're not going to talk too much about it but what would be great would be if would be if people could watch it yeah exactly, (laughs) exactly and then you'll understand what we're talking about in our next show
1: yeah exactly on our next show we will be talking about um the world of you know matchmaking within the south asian community and
0: dating and, and trying dating. to find someone yeah, absolutely. is it important and you know like are you bothered if you haven't found anyone all that kind of stuff because we've had all of these conversations with our friends and all our friends are kind of our age you know mid to late 30s hmm. and many of them are not are not with anybody at the moment so just you know what it's like to be of that age and still be single and, and be in the world of online dating and apps and Mm. matchmaking and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah yeah no totally um so yeah next week's show is when we're going to be talking in more detail about indian matchmaking um and the people involved and some of the the characters on there um and their life story in terms of trying to find a prospective partner so i would encourage you all between now and next week Yeah. To watch the show,
0: Netflix will love us for this.
1: Yeah, honestly, like we've talked a lot about some of these Netflix shows over the past over the past like month or so. I suppose being in lockdown is pretty much what everyone's doing anyway, so it's easy enough to do. Um, but we encourage you to watch it so that when we talk about it next week, you'll have a much better understanding of exactly what we're talking about.
0: Yep, do your homework,
1: and then you know you can discuss it with us. Are we being too judgmental about it? Or are we saying everything that's validated?
0: Yeah. I'd love to hear what everyone thinks about all the characters in it. Honestly, all the people that are in it are just interesting. It's, shall we yeah, say.
1: but everyone at the moment, everyone is talking about it on social media. And there's a lot of differing opinions on the people involved. It's obviously, some very, very negative. Mm. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, pots can't call kettles black, I feel.
0: I guess, and I suppose we all know someone who's like one of the people in there. Like, they're all very familiar Asian characters. I'm talking to them about them like they're not real. They are real people. But we all know someone who's like one of them, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think this will be a very interesting discussion next it
1: week. It will indeed. Much to look forward to for next week's show. Uh, but finally this week, uh, with South Asian Heritage Month in full flow, from last week's launch,
0: hashtag South, Air- South Asian Heritage Month.
1: Hashtag, sus-
0: hashtag South. South. Yeah. South Asian Heritage Month.
1: South Asian Heritage Month. Yeah, I mean, you've taken something that's like a <laughs> real, like, an important, like, huge uh, thing into like a Whatever. seedy, sordid.
0: Convinced that I sound different, and I don't. Anyway, it's not about me.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about South Asian Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to Jasveer Singh and everyone involved. There's a number of events that have already happened right now and will continue to do so until mid-August. But one that we were particularly interested in uh, as big quiz fans.
0: Not just interested, very excited about.
1: Yes. Uh, and people who are avid listeners of this show would know already that we are big fans of quizzing. And last Saturday, the amazing Bobby Seagull was hosting a quiz night that was all to do with South Asian history.
0: He does lots of quiz nights through the week. And um, yeah, this one was specifically about South Asian heritage, history, culture, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yes, we joined in.
1: Yes, we didn't get a chance to do it live. No. No. Um, but we did do it retrospectively
0: on YouTube it's still there if you still want to do it
1: exactly um but shout out to Bobby Siegel we actually mentioned him a few weeks ago on this show when mm-hmm. we were interviewing James Divine Stoneman as they are both former contestants on university challenge yep and I think they're both captain their teams as well if I remember um, but Monkman and Siegel are now like a great TV partnership uh, and on one of the on their show and it's great to see Bobby Siegel launch his own kind of media career because um, he's got a great personality and he's a great guy
0: and he just knows everything about everything
1: yeah exactly yeah exactly we should test him out on that one day How we, much do you we, know about we, everything we should
0: quiz him back
1: What about the history of the Native immigrants?
0: I know I'll get my old encyclopedia out.
1: <laughs> dust that shit off from your parents wardrobe.
0: yeah and it i mean it's literally in their wardrobe and i will... I mean you,
1: you'll probably have that fucking like yugoslavia is I has a population of x amount of people and shit do you know i mean?
0: think it actually does but we will we will test him okay our knowledge that comes from the 80s
1: 80s encyclopedia knowledge <laughs> yeah nelson mandela is currently still locked down do you
0: know how much of that encyclopedia helped me with my homework when i was in school
1: i'm sure it did
0: that and the is it Encarta,
1: the N- cd rom oh my god <laughs> jeez yes yes that's
0: what we have to use Man's before the internet our
1: age right now there was fact. no
0: internet back then
1: yeah it's um yeah it's sad sad at the worst and the best of times um but big up bobby seagull and yes you and i decided to partake in this quiz and test each other out you versus me mm. on this quiz
0: sat next to each other on sat the next to each other.
1: there was a there were some cushions in
0: between as a divider so yeah, we couldn't yeah, cheat
1: yeah. there's no way i'm letting you basically check my answers fam because i know you whatever i'm cleverer than you well once a cheater always a cheater on it
0: when did i cheat <laughs> what are you about
1: <laughs> i do genuinely bombshell what um oh, sorry people that didn't know about our sordid history it's fine you know how <laughs> I've literally never cheated ever. And now every and you haven't, but now it's in everyone's minds. <laughs> and so I so like, now I can do oh it. Oh my god! Does what? that mean
0: that I can go and cheat now because everyone's thinking it anyway? I mean, J- like she's a cheater anyway. So well, that's the cool. thing.
1: J- Jade did, and and Will was like, yeah. But then everyone knows under oh, Will. So uh, you know that means that okay. Well, if I'm giving you a free pass, then maybe I'm entitled to one
0: myself. No. no.
1: Not everyone's a on it. <laughs> um, we don't have an open but, marriage. Okay. Right? It's
0: very much closed. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's closed
0: to the it's outside world. It's
1: closed, like nailed down and dug into a six feet underground. Yes. Yeah. So
0: um, don't get any fucking ideas.
1: Um, so, yeah, we decided to talk, partake in this quiz. And <laughs> yeah, was about it that. was like, you know, it was like neck and neck for a few rounds. You took the lead in the first round. There's the two night, rounds, love. And then managed to claw it back. But the final score on this quiz, mm. drum roll, please. Swami Barakas, twenty-three points. Jojo B, twenty-three points.
0: Oh, I can't believe we had a So duel.
1: disappointing, fam.
0: What? I like, I no have won bragging that. rights.
1: Do you know what? I would have won. I could only if remember. If it wasn't for you pesky kids.
0: No, no. It's because my brain is like a sieve and i couldn't remember one one surname i can't tell you what it is because if you want to do it i'll just give it away mm. but i couldn't remember one surname i should have got half a point i'm gonna ask bobby if we ever do this if we mm. ever interview him or ever chat to him or meet him anywhere i'm gonna ask him if i should have got a half point for that and then if that's the case then i would have got 23 and a half
1: i mean i mean like okay they didn't. he didn't specify anything about half points no. i went we went by his point scoring system. Mm. And you can't just say, yeah, you got someone's first name, but didn't get the surname. Because you can't say like, um, yeah, um, Dave is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that doesn't narrow the field down very specifically, does it, George no,
0: fine, right, whatever. We, we drew. It means that we're a match made in heaven and all that bullshit. Is it? Yeah, we balance each other out. We're a team and all that.
1: Yeah. But... Mm. but But, but, hold your horses, bruv. Yeah. Bobby Seagull did say to us on Twitter that he will come up with a potential tiebreaker question.
0: Well, where is this question, bruv?
1: Yeah, We need it,
0: we need it so that I can then beat him. Wait, 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 wait. wait. But no, in my not. it'll be like a bloody football question. And although my football knowledge is pretty good, it's not as good as his... So I, uh, you know, I'll probably lose. But if it's anything to do with science, I'm there.
1: Science or Nigella Lawson recipes. Yes. Then Jojo has got it covered, fam. Yep. But yeah, it was 23 all. Um, but there's going to be a lot of amazing events happening for the rest of this month for South Asian Heritage Month. So make sure you check out their websites and their social media to follow all the events and do check them out.
0: Yeah, there's still loads of stuff to happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you
0: can go back and watch all the stuff that's already happened.
1: Absolutely, exactly. So yeah, do the quiz yourselves and let us know how you got on. Did you beat our score? And if you did, keep it to yourself, bruv. We
0: should have a quiz night. Every night with all our listeners, we should watch. Every night? Not every night, every week.
1: How much fucking free time do you think we have, fam? I just about have time to record this show, edit it and put it out every week. And you want to do a quiz show, a quiz night every? All right, oh once my a month. God. Once I didn't mean every night; this I guy, meant every week. This guy, once
0: a month, we should do one of Bobby's quiz nights.
1: What as a like like a watch along with our listeners?
0: Yeah, we should do it. We should all t- partake. Okay. And compete. We'll beat you. <laughs> we'll
1: yeah, beat yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat against us, basically, on it, and then we end up beating our listeners, and they just stop listening to us. Well done, JJB. Thanks for this brainwave well, on idea. Well, if it's all
0: losers do we really want them in our camp
1: (laughs) no losers here thank you very much people exactly right well that is it from the first half of this show on the second half of this show we are joined by an amazing special guest one which we're very lucky and humbled to have join us the amazing Suk Ojla will be joining us for an interview and you can listen to that right after this see you on the other side people the second half of the Native Immigrants. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And on this half of the show, we are joined by a very, very special guest. One that we're very humbled and honoured to have joined us on our Lickle podcast. Uh, Now, the first time we uh, saw this young lady, um, it was, uh, of all places, uh, a Patel Community Centre event about sort of four or five years ago. And um and if you go to like a Patel community center event, you think it's gonna be like Patel um comedy. So I thought there'd be like, you know, like you know, the guys coming stage saying, Ah, Mari to kevi got and all this kind of you know, that kind of yeah. comedy. But um it actually ended up being a good night of comedy surprisingly
0: yeah we actually laughed
1: we actually laughed all the way through <laughs> we
0: did because we went we were like all oh, right they're just the charity tickets and we know the people who are like helping yeah. sell the tickets we everyone knows patel yeah we have to go so show support and all that kind of stuff and then we had a really good night
1: and we had a really good night yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like Hyde panesad and it was a number of like kind of comedians that were on the come up yeah you know and that were about to blast off and make a big name for themselves mm. and this lady happened to be one of those people and may even be the one that catapulted into a stardom yeah a the the rest most, of.
0: definitely the most memorable
1: yeah um because all her jokes were extremely relatable um obviously
0: the- i felt like the only Punjabi in a room full of Gujaratis and yeah. so i was laughing my head off because i was like this is my life yes and everybody else was like ha 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 it was, uh,
1: it's <laughs> what Punjabis do you know what i mean they just cook onion and garlic with everything and you know all that kind of shit um, but yeah Absolutely amazing night of comedy, absolutely amazing comedian. And she's joining us here on our show. We're so pleased to have her. Suk Ojla. Welcome to the native immigrants.
3: Ah, thank you both so much. What a lovely. I was just grinning away. <laughs> like him.
1: <laughs> Not as much as we were grinning that night listening to you, because oh. it was it was um, yeah, the comedy that night was some, some great comedians. Um, but I think what set you apart was from. It was this in
3: Harrow? Yeah. It was
1: in Harrow. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Do you remember all your gigs like like off by heart exactly where and which um, time and everything? Yeah. So wow. if you tell me
3: like who was on the lineup I'll be like yeah cool I remember that. I'm not, like I I'm at Harrow quite a bit. Um Being you know, the Harrow, so we're Harrow kind of people
1: b- so yeah. Yeah, next time I never
3: isn't it? Now jam? I know. Um, now I know. Always, always up for that. Always up for that. But yeah, I, uh, I love, I love performing in Harrow because the crowd is always so up for it. You got a beautiful room, you know, in Harrow Arts Centre. Was this, or was this um, another gig? I think.
1: So. It, I, you know, it was so far back, it was definitely, definitely massive. It was, it was just a room full of mm. potatoes. Um, and so, yeah, they, I mean, they're yeah. a rowdy bunch of the best of times. And so, um, <laughs> when there's good comedy. You know, it could it could either go one of one two ways. One, yeah, very very violent. And so you managed to tow the line <laughs> and kept things really nice and uh, calm. I and think the
0: Patels <laughs> are the most similar to Punjabis. You think? Yeah,
3: they do love their time. alcohol
1: as well. Yeah. So um, so yeah. Yeah. A-
3: I loved it. The last time I was at Harrow Art Centre, there was a whole front row that I had brought from home, so I could hear like the foil rustling and stuff like that. <laughs> um, had brought var everybody had varna um, and I was up. like, "What are you?" I, I was like, phone. "What are
1: you? What are you doing?" I was like, "What
3: are you?" Because I'm—I was hosting.
1: Um, <laughs> this is I was new, like, sorry. This is like the new heckling, isn't it? It's not even <laughs> yes! like let's heckle the comedians by rustling up pokoras and pokras <laughs> and like fafras and and vara palms and stuff in front of them. It's like, can you guys oh, shut man. the
2: fuck up with
1: this shit? <laughs>
0: But I was also like, and they
3: were like looking up at me and I was like, sorry, I was I had to stop the show because I was like, <laughs> for, e- for everybody in the back who can't see, I've got five people in the front row, in a row, just rustling foil. I was like, what, oh, are, you, what are you eating? Why are you eating it now? And they were like, so unashamed, which is what I love about opening. It's like, they're <laughs> yeah. so unashamed because they're like, oh, well, we Absolutely. were hungry and we didn't want to spend money eating out. So wow. we, one hungry. of us made this and then... <laughs>
1: And we just pass. They just pass it along the rest of the row, and then it goes all the way to the back. It's yeah, share and share alike
3: that's what you don't get at you know the comedy store or like yeah. you know your kind of mainstream comedy clubs is you don't get aunties in harrow passing out snacks which is a shame yeah. we need more of that. Right? so
1: you've probably spoke about your journey on numerous radio shows and podcasts but for people listening to you know for you for the first time on our show and then aren't familiar with the mm-hmm. material how did you get into the world of writing and comedy
3: um see now I can do this really quickly because I've done
1: it a few times (laughs) Um,
2: so
3: so the yeah so the kind of shortened version is that I um I'm an actress I'm a trained actress and um so that was my path for quite a few years and then I found that kind of work drying up and I wasn't really satisfied with kind of where my career was going and I did a comedy workshop um back in 2015 mm-hmm. and I was like oh okay this is interesting and then just left it <laughs> and then you know uh, you, you know it wasn't Divert. like I did that and yeah I was like oh that's really interesting that's terrifying but I love it and um then I did a gig locally and it's that thing where like you know when you start out in a career and you're like oh my god I would never ever tell somebody to do what I did because it was so terrifying and I'm just lucky that it went my way
2: Yeah.
3: um I did a gig locally and, a, and like these guys were putting on a show for charity and they were like oh uh do you want to come and do stand-up like you're pretty funny and I was like yeah all right then <laughs>
2: <laughs> oops no went idea no
3: idea But it's that kind of naivety that you have when you don't really know the industry and you don't really know what you're doing. I was like, yeah, all right, like, fine, cool. I don't know what I was thinking anyway. And um, I ended up doing a 15 minute set for my first proper gig. Oh, wow. Wow. In front of a sold out audience of like 150 people in my hometown. So imagine if that, you know, sometimes my blood runs cold when I think about if that had gone badly. I would never be able to show my face in the cash and carry again. (laughs) that'll be over oh, for me that, I'd have to meet how did that
1: first first gig go then in the end
3: really well actually Satman was there who we were talking about oh, big up, um, big up. yeah so that's how we kind of connected as well because he was like what I didn't know I didn't know about you I didn't know you could do comedy I was like neither did, did I <laughs>
2: um <and> then, <laughs> <First time laughs> now, yeah. Yeah.
3: so um so yeah that kind of happened and then I did a few more gigs and then you know I joined a few Facebook groups and then you build a little community of other you know other kind of comics as well who are doing it and then i started kind of on the the um uh somebody recommended me to the asian network and then i did that in 2017 so really that was from 2016 was my first proper gig so like less than a year later i was on the asian network so which was really kind of quick and i was you know great timing and all the rest of it kind of got in there And then, yeah, since then, I've just kind of been, I did Edinburgh Fringe last year. Um, I've been touring my solo show, Life Sooks, which obviously has been postponed now um, Mm -hmm. in these times. But yeah, so that's kind of where I was at up up until now. So it's kind of, I'm still, in terms of comedy, I'm kind of a baby still. Like I'm still learning loads and and also finding my own voice and, and finding out, you know, it's like any career. You kind of, when you start, in a particular industry you're like oh this is the path because I see lots of people doing this path so this must be the only path and then you go down that path and you're like yeah I don't really like this I think (laughs) I'm going to do something a bit a bit different you know and so now I'm at a stage now where I love hosting like I love emceeing because I feel like you're I'm inviting all of you to my house
2: yeah, and like, absolutely.
3: you know, I, I've got that Punjabi hospitality where I'm like, oh, <laughs> like <you> know, <laughs> ah, yeah. you know, and I, I love doing all that. You know, I love kind of just having chat with the audience. And that's great for me because I'm like, my job is to make you feel comfortable and to set this up nicely for the comics. And I really enjoy that and take ownership of that. And then I love doing my solo show. Cause again, it's that same vibe of come in, come in to my house. Uh, let me talk to you. And it's very much like comedies, you know, people think, oh, it's you standing on a stage telling jokes. And it's not, it's really a two-way thing, yeah. you know, so it's very much like it's that kind of energy that you that you need to feed off and yeah and it's very much a kind of dialogue you know some hopefully a silent dialogue um, between <laughs> yeah, yeah. you and the audience
1: yes yes what you saying yes <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so and that that's kind of where I am. So it's been a bit kind of, uh, you know, I've always had a love of live performance. I've got a background in theatre. I love theatre purely for that buzz of live performance. I love TV and film for very different reasons. You know, they mm. kind of end up being more accessible than going into people's homes and you reach a wider audience. And, and, and that's wonderful and the magic of kind of camera and screen acting. I really, you know, I'm a bit geeky about. But for me, my roots are live performance and I love I just love live performance, whether that's theatre or comedy. So that's me in a nutshell.
1: Amazing, amazing. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, nutshell, absolutely. But, you know, it's been (laughs) four or five years of continual hard work. um, And we're just Mm. seeing you in the cusp of it really now. So here's to Mm -hmm. much bigger and brighter things going ahead. But a lot of your work comes from um your own experiences um in particular the the cultural elements of your family obviously this is something that we speak about on <laughs> mm. our podcasts about our cultures and um you know the being in that sort of mix of the british and um our south asian roots um, mm. but what what have your families themselves thought of your comedy <laughs> um, because there's a lot of um, yeah there's a lot of uh, they the butt of the joke a lot yes, exactly <laughs> um, there... I
0: like to think
3: that we're laughing with them and not
1: laughing exactly. yeah. um, not sure if they um, say the same but um, was, yeah. it, was there any like apprehension as well because of the choice of career also
3: yeah huge look I I've kind of you know started talking about this quite openly because I think as South Asian people I think it's our duty to talk openly about know if we're comfortable um, Mm. about the issues that you have with your family because I think people looked at me and thought well obviously she comes from a middle-class family and her parents are fine with it they're probably artists and poets themselves or whatever (laughs) and and then I kind of go on stage and I'm talking about Alu bronte and stuff like that and they're like oh we get it okay (laughs) she's like one of us so I think you know what I'm very proud of my working-class Punjabi Sikh roots and it makes me kind of who I am and and the reason I started Um, I guess like if if we were to categorize the comedy that I do it would be observational comedy and -hmm. the reason I started to do that was because of the old saying of write what you know
2: Mm -hmm. and
3: I was like you know when I started doing stand-up I was like 31, 32 and and I was like, oh, what do I talk about? Like I've got, I, I, at that time felt really stuck in my life because I'm like, well, I live at home. I'm in my thirties. Like that makes me a bit of a loser, surely by default. Uh, I'm single and I don't feel like I've got any prospects. And so I kind of put hmm. all of that into my stand up and then started having people going, coming up to me going, oh my God, we have the unexpected guests. And oh God, like, you know, my mum forces me to eat and then gives me weight loss advice. And, and you know. <laughs>
2: this is all my life. This is, this yeah. Is looking yeah, in a mirror all right my now. Life. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so like you were saying like I would get you know and sometimes you know quite emotional women like you know would come you know they'd get quite emotional and they'd be like oh god like he you are and this is a side of it that you don't think about when you go well I didn't anyway because I thought well I'm just going to see how this goes oh okay looks like this is my career now oh okay mm. I'm making a bit of money and I'm getting somewhere let's carry on see where this goes what you don't realize is that you know I'm a minority in the arts already just being a brown woman. Yes. And then I'm like narrowing that by being Punjabi, by being working class, you know, by having parents who are, you know, very traditional kind of observant Sikhs as well at the same time. And then the stuff that I'm talking about, um, you know, is stuff that other people aren't because it's my lived experience. No one else can really talk about it unless they kind of live through it themselves. So mm-hmm. um, then I'm getting people coming up to me after gigs, especially kind of women in their late 20s and their or in their 30s like me going, I can't tell you. How useful and, and how wonderful this is to see somebody like you up there because it makes me go, well, you're up there living your life and you've not taken the traditional path of you know getting married young and having kids and you know having one of those big houses with the black and gold gates with the lions on them, you know, so like, <laughs>
0: like Southall,
3: all of Southall. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the big
1: thing is the two pillars, the Roman pillars on Yes, is the the classic in Southall currently.
3: Oh my God, um, the obsession with property and land and like this <laughs> Never go yeah. away. And the Mercedes. Matter.
1: Don't forget the Mercedes. They need to have the Mercedes. Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh-huh. got to have all that. They were like, so you're not bothered about that. So, okay, I'm not bothered about that. And that makes me feel seen, you know, because mm-hmm. I can relate yeah. to that. And that's really lovely. And that's that's the part of it that I've probably found more validating and more life affirming than making people laugh because I feel like I say this all the time. I'm like, anybody can be funny. You know, a kid can tell a joke or somebody can slip on a banana skin or, you know, or like fart jokes are funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are so many different things that are funny. And so, and I think for me, where my comedy is taking me is, is I'm like, for me, comedy doesn't mean as much on its own, but if comedy with a connection is what I crave and is what is, um what is that's for me like that is that is my thing that's what i want to do i want to connect through comedy which is why i talk about especially in life sucks and my solo show i talk a lot about mental health
2: hmm. and
3: initially people are like uh is she gonna go there like <laughs>
2: yeah. but i
3: talk i i talk about our reticence as south asians to Talk about mental health, about how people, you know, how when I talk about it, you know, anyway, this is not the question, is it? I've gone on a total tangent. My parents, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're like, um, must be, you become, stop
1: yeah, you become your parent in that they find ways to just like divert the conversation to something all the way down the other <laughs> oh end of the spectrum. My God. And then find a way oh, to rain it back again.
3: So, <laughs> I find myself rinsing out margarine tubs. I'm like, like it's all it's all started. It's
2: happening.
0: Yeah. It's happening. Oh, dear. Once it starts, it, Once just it continues. Starts, yeah, absolutely. And the top of drawer is just full of old, like, that you then yes. put subjee in and all this kind of and,
3: stuff. And when it's, like, healthy stained, you're like, no, it's fine. Don't worry. I'll just put subjee in there again. It's fine. Yeah. It'll just, just a different colour, yeah. dependent on yeah, the subjee, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Who
0: cares? <laughs>
3: so... <laughs> Long story short, my parents, up until last year, really, were very against me doing what I do.
2: Um,
3: And I started doing, I started on this creative path when I was 18. I'm now 36. So literally half my life, I've been battling (laughs) them to kind of, you know, and sometimes not battling, sometimes just taking a step back and going, okay, cool like this is what I'm doing kind of like it or lump it because sometimes you have to do that as well um and sometimes kind of slowly trying to kind of you know to get them to kind of come around to my way of thinking in terms of my career so I think you know my parents have that kind of classic immigrant story of coming to the UK in the 60s working their ass off you know doing all the shit jobs that nobody else wanted to do you Mm. know um and they had it tough, you know, they had it really tough. They came from the beautiful lush green fields of Punjab where they were kind of, you know, you know they had people to do things for them essentially yeah. a lot yeah. of the time to then coming to the cold, grey, mean streets of Leeds yeah. um, <laughs> in the 60s, which, you know, is probably not going to be a great time if you are poor and brown. Yeah. Um. you know so they were kind of going into factories and doing that kind of work so when I came along obviously their one thing for me was like like a lot of parents I just want you to have what I didn't have and what they didn't have was a formal education and then I'm kind of like clever but not really academically clever not you know wanting to go into the arts so it was like a really long drawn out process and it's only where it's two things happened one was when I finally let them into my world and I let them come and see me do stand-up because before that I was like I'm going to keep it separate because I'm scared about what they're going to say and obviously we want to please our parents you Mm -hmm. know we want them to be you know on our side and I was like oh they're going to hate it or whatever so I, I let them come to see a gig um which was again hometown so i was like this is the home turf let them come here let them see it they'll see people that they go to the god with they'll see people that they see you know in asda so they're like they're going to be really at home with these people and they did my mum wore a new suit it was a whole thing (laughs) um she got out a nice new koti like a nice cardigan with the
1: little
3: little pearl buttons on it you know you know the one
2: (laughs) uh,
1: I can just—I don't even know your mum, but I can already visualise her <laughs> in my head. I love
2: how you all mums are the same. My mum's like
3: that. His his mums like absolutely. that. Absolutely, they're it's all the crazy. same. <laughs> it's like they all just
2: churn them out in some parent book.
3: factory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So they came and they were like, oh, and I guess you know what it's like with our parents. What other people think of you is so important. And um, that's just a statement. I'm not saying that's good or bad. You know, that's Mm. just, it's very important to them what the community thinks they're standing in the community. Um, You know, and then you've got me coming along going, well, stop this, I'm going to do what I like. Um, But they... We're so happy to see other people really enjoying my work. And then as a result, they enjoy it more, you know, and my extended family will call up and be like, oh, we saw, you know, we watched stuff on YouTube. My mum's like, you know, I guess before that she was feeling a bit left out. So I was like, I need to do my part and like include her into my world and know to have no expectations of what they're going to say, because I can just do what I'm doing. And then their response is their response. But, you know, and this is what I say to a lot of people is I meet a lot of women who are in their 40s who go, oh, I really wanted to do drama GCSE. I really wanted to do, I really wanted to go into acting. But you know, my granddad said, my dad said, my mum said, my baby said, yeah. you know, you can't do this, you can't do this. And it breaks my heart. I once saw a Punjabi woman, oh, I came off stage and she grabbed the mic when everybody was like leaving. And I was like, what are you doing? And she went, I just wanted to know what it felt like. Um... And it broke my, like I'm welling up thinking about it because it just breaks my heart when I think, oh gosh, like, all of these people who had their dreams dashed by their parents who were well-meaning,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and
3: wanted, you know, all the good things like security and disability and they don't get it. But for me, like I have to stick at it and to show my parents that this is it. This is what I'm doing. Look, yeah. I don't think they, they're never going to be like, yeah, like going to shout from the roof about it and be like, yeah. we're so glad you're in this really insecure, it's unstable industry. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: Everything we we're so of.
3: glad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we wanted you to be away, you know, five nights a week gigging. This is exactly what we wanted you to do, you know, yeah. to be coming home at all hours of the night. But yeah, look, so it, it, it's, it's, I didn't have the, the comfort and the luxury of having really supportive parents in that way. But also, I know that they support me in their own quiet way, and that's enough for me.
2: Hmm.
0: What do they make of the um, the language that you use sometimes? You know, some of the, the punjabi <laughs> words that you use. That, um, yeah. So, I, <laughs> yeah. So when
3: Belafel they extracurricular
1: terminology is how we'll define it.
3: Yeah. So when they see my show, um, I didn't use any of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I was literally like, oh my God, they're coming to want stubborn.
1: I want, you, I want, to, see, right I want to see a PG Sukodla <laughs> so show. I'd love to see it. It'll be like, you know, the, the 90s where like ITV used to dub over yeah. their films yeah. and stuff with like, you know, hang time, mother crushers, you know, <laughs> <"What the> freak <laughs> off me, officer, you know, that kind of stuff. I can just imagine that. Exactly,
3: like it's, Everything's beeped out. I, you know, I... I... They've seen me twice now. I'll be honest. I don't enjoy it because the whole time I'm like, don't say the P word, don't say the P word. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't <I>
2: mean, <laughs> don't, so don't say it. <laughs> yeah, don't don't
3: do an impression of an uncle where you scratch your downstairs. Like, don't do that. Like they're not they're not gonna like that. Um <laughs> oh, so, um, so they, they don't see they don't see that version of me.
0: Thankfully. i love how no matter how old we get we are still petrified of our parents it's
1: <gasps> mad you know no matter how how successful we are in our relative careers no. etc it's it's
3: because you're it's still, still their baby absolutely he, like, you're never too still, old for just... a chapel
1: being to be
0: fair exactly. <laughs> well to be a pair, our 19 month old doesn't care at all he has he just doesn't he doesn't have oh. no, oh, no chill no chill <laughs> no he's like say hey, what you like
2: it doesn't mean you can do anything
0: um But, you know, you've talked about how lots of people relate to your community, to your comedy and like... I uh, personally I I really related to what I saw and I was like laughing my head off um, but I found that some of it was quite um, self-deprecating and I think that's probably partly mm. why I like I really really kind of related to it myself because I can be quite mm. self-deprecating it's like and I think it became a thing when I was younger because I used to just get constant criticism from family you know like the auntie is just like you know as you said like, they feed you mm. with one hand and then they slap you with the other and tell you mm. to do that and the other. you know like I had that as well growing up so do you find that that stems from there like where does that come from the self-deprecation I think it's interesting because you saw me a few years ago I don't
3: do that anymore
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) because
3: I do you know what because I did it then I'm a very different person to who I was when I started out I've been on my own mental health journey since then as well so I I discovered that a lot of that I was like that doesn't serve me that is that is me playing small and mm-hmm. there's one thing playing a character who's self-deprecating and when you do stand up to a certain extent you are playing a character even if it's even though I'm doing comedy as myself it's a heightened version of myself mm-hmm. um, but I watched um, Hannah Gadsby's um, special on Netflix the net and she and it had a really profound effect on me a couple of years ago and Mm -hmm. without even realizing it I I discovered that actually looking back that was when she talks about you know, being self-deprecating and being like, Oh, I'm this, I'm that. And how she was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like that is not a loving place to be in. You know, if we you know, we can all say, Oh, it's just comedy. You don't read too much into it, but there's a reason we say everything, you know, there's a reason we behave a certain way. And I was kind of starting out going, yeah, it's just me, but that was me in real life. You know, it's very self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, I love myself, mother crushes.
1: Like, <laughs> 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 I should be in a (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. Merch, merch, merch. Um,
3: (laughs) So it's really interesting because I'd kind of forgotten about that, but that was me kind of finding my feet going, well, you know, and I think also the other thing is being, I'm going to use the F word. I use the F word fat to describe myself because I don't believe in using, for me personally, using euphemisms Mm. um, to describe myself. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to take the sting out of that word. I'm going to reclaim it. So as a fat woman, I'm used to going into rooms and spaces, even as a child, going let me make the fat joke before anybody else does
2: right. like let
3: me do that because then because then people people won't people won't make that joke about me because I've already said it yeah. so they can't say it you know and a lot of people do that you know a lot of people who are fat or a lot of people who are like feel like they are different in some way make that joke to kind of make other people comfortable but also funnily enough it makes you smaller and because you're yeah. trying to make yourself like less threatening and like less of a target really yeah um so yeah anyway that's that's a psychological explanation (laughs) (laughs) to my thinking behind that but yeah no more self-deprecating stuff if you're listening to this and you make self-deprecating jokes at your own expense especially women cut it out
2: yeah
1: you heard it here first
0: (laughs) (laughs) talking of uh deprecation um (laughs) all comedians get hecklers and yes. I was just uh, wondering, do you think you get more because you're a woman or because you're Asian? Do you get any? Have you ever had anything racist? And how do you handle them?
3: Um, I've not heard anything racist, I think, because most That's of my rich. gigs are, are like busy gigs as well. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't get that. Um, I've had a, sometimes I've had kind of lewd comments from men. Because uh, I'm a woman mm. and I am uh, blessed of chest, as they say.
2: <laughs> so, um,
3: <laughs> not that that's an excuse, guys. Not that you're like, because I won't Just look at the rack on it. But you know, I. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so I've kind of I've had a few, which I kind of deal with in the same way. Normally. You know uh, just just a quick kind of getting them to repeat it because they won't repeat it and you're like oh but you were really loud a second ago and now you don't want to say it why don't do you want to share it with the rest of the class yeah
2: <laughs> absolutely um, to, if was,
3: <laughs> yeah and then they don't want to say it you know they but you know in the dark they feel like they can say it because you can't see them what what those mother crushes don't know is that i am going to get the technician to turn the house lights up <laughs>
2: Find out where they are. Spotlight. <laughs> you never, yeah. yeah.
3: And I, I, I guess it's that thing about women are generally uh, underestimated and undermined in real life. You know, as a rule, we are, you know, people kind of think less of you. And especially as if I'm hosting a gig, I'm in a position of power. And some people aren't comfortable with that. I say some people, I mean some men, you know, aren't comfortable <laughs> with that. And that's that's just a fact you know and that's not just my experience that's the experience of so many of my female friends who get it you know especially like younger ones or you know whatever it's like you're just a target whether you're online offline live performance tv you know it's kind of hard to get away from I'm lucky that I've not had a lot of that but I think also like the comedy I do is not controversial Mm -hmm. in any way you know it's kind of quite gentle and my I don't really like to kind of roast people or, you know, I don't talk about politics. I don't, you know, it's not satire. It's just very much like holding up a mirror to, Hey, this is my experience. You might relate to it too. Um, so it's not kind, I'm not up there going, Oh, Brexit stories or whatever. So mm-hmm. I, I think I'm kind of quite lucky. I did get, do you know what? I got heckled by a Gujarati uncle in Leicester.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez.
3: This is, this is the juice. Uh, this is what you, <laughs> Yeah, it was a real... Now I'm trying, trying to think, could young. it be one of
1: my ankles unless <laughs> I'm kind of like uh, was it uh, Yeah, what did
3: it look, look
2: like?
1: <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, so that was a weird one, I think, because, oh, that was the best one, because I didn't have enough to do anything, and auntie stood up, he was in the, he was right at the top, An auntie stood up, he was in like the second or third row, and she was proper, like, she had a sari on with the koti buttoned up, you know, those aunties, wow, with the, the cardigan yes, and the, yeah. yeah, she had the little bun and the clips, the little hair clips. Big <laughs> up, big up, auntie we're
1: all <laughs> the stereotypes <favorite laughs> today, aren't <isn't> we? It?
0: <laughs> it describes every one of his aunties. <laughs>
1: How dare you? How so dare many. you? They're lovely. They're the best. Our people are being profiled right now. <laughs> this is... They should be heckling,
0: don't <laughs> you?
3: In it? Well, <laughs> this auntie stood up and she went, shut up. Like this. <laughs> They went, shut up, we have paid for tickets,
2: shut up, like this. Shut up, and I was like, oh, no. And I was,
1: I was
3: dying. I was like, this is brilliant. I didn't even need to <laughs> deal with that guy. And she got a round of applause for it. No, I mean, that was
1: amazing. That, what did
3: he say? So basically... I mean, he was just like, I was saying stuff and he was just, he was so drunk, you know, when they're slurring and they're just shouting and they're not even making any sense.
2: So Mm -hmm. I was a little
3: bit like, oh, okay, well, obviously you've never left the house before. And, you know, um, okay, I see that you don't really know how to behave in public spaces. So you see how everybody else is sitting quietly. That's generally what's expected. But then, you know, I think, I think they were actually removed in the end because the the comedian after me refused to carry on
2: (laughs) he was
1: just like no way "Mm." yeah he was just like
3: yeah he was like i'm just gonna stand here and wait for you to shut up or be removed and then in the end they kind of got removed and then they were kicking off about about "Mm, that's your people man that's your people (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) our claims to fame (laughs) (laughs) um so, like, obviously, you've already mentioned uh, the fact that your life tour uh, tours, unfortunately, postponed because of the current pandemic. Um, and, yeah, like, we hope it recommences in the very near future. Um, mm. But what's life uh, been like in, in lockdown during that period? I know a, a lot of writers have gone into, like, you know, full creative mode and kind of using mm. that time to kind of get all juices flowing. And, and yeah. others have just hit a brick wall because it's just, like, just in a, a stuck in suspended yeah. animation almost. How has it been? 100%. For-
3: there was there was no juice for, like, the first, okay. like... Apart yeah. from I Rubicon. Was
2: dry. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was, do on. you know
3: what? In it, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this is... Because the thing is, how, what happened was, I was literally about to go on stage, it was five minutes before I was about to go on stage, um, in Coventry, um, on like the week before lockdown was announced, literally a week before, and Boris Johnson, I didn't know this, because I never have my phone on me when I'm getting ready for a show, because mm. I want to be focused on the show, I don't want to be, you know, on WhatsApp or whatever, um, and so I'm just getting ready and stuff, and unbeknownst to me, Boris Johnson had made that announcement saying, oh, I, you know, theatres should close, but there was no talk of like a national lockdown at that stage, hmm. and then the promoter comes backstage five minutes before, and he's like, Um, the show's been cancelled. And I laughed because I was like, like What? Like, we are. So I was like, What do you mean? And he was like, Look, announcement's been made, the venue's made the decision. And I was like, It was literally five minutes to go. I was ready to go. I was warmed up. <laughs> I was like, I was just, I was so just like right by the door. And I thought he'd come in to be like, Cool, let's go backstage. Like, it's, it's ready, like, it's go time. And, um, it honestly I had the most intense physical reaction to that I just went hot and then cold and then itchy <laughs>
2: i was like, oh, from like
3: nothing i had like a really extreme reaction and I was like oh my god what is wrong with me um what is going on and then it was just like I, it was like shell shock I was completely shocked and I couldn't even cry I was like so upset I couldn't And then I started crying. And then I'm like putting up this Insta video being like, I'm really sorry if you came up like the venue made that decision. And then I'm crying on this Insta video. Like I was just like, you know, I was just a mess. And I think for me, like work was so great. And it was, the tour had started and I've I've not felt love and support like it for any work that I've made in my life. Like I have with Life Soaps, you know, the amount of people, because we were just at the beginning. We were only like, we weren't even halfway through. But because of the topics that I'm talking about, in a light way with a majority South Asian audience, you know, pe- the effect, the ripple effect that this show was having, it meant that people who would have been putting off therapy. Were going to therapy people who didn't know yeah. how to support their partners with mental health issues were like okay cool now i know i know what to do now i know how to help you you know people were going can i you know i need to bring my friend to see you she's going through this people were going oh i this makes sense now now i know the way that i am so it, ha- it was having this like really incredible effect on people and i was having the best time doing it and then it was just like nothing mm. and then it was lockdown. and then it's like well of course so all my gigs got cancelled, my tour got cancelled, all my filming no. work got cancelled. Oh, and I was in that position as a freelancer where I was like, you know what, for the first time in my life this year, I've got work up until December. For the first time I've got work all year. Amazing. Um, and I've that's already in the diary. And, you know, hopefully there'll be other coming in. And I was like, okay, good. Like you can finally just enjoy it now rather than going, oh, what do I do next? Um So that happened. I basically took to my bed. I I was, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I think the shock of it all, having the rug completely pulled out from under you, which is exactly what it felt like. Obviously, I I mean, I'm quite an anxious person anyway. So then I'm like, how do I keep my parents safe? You know, they're in their seventies. Like, how do you do that? You know, what does this mean? Like for work? What, you know, had all these plans. I was like, um, so I think the first four weeks were tough you know my self care was out the window you know i i wasn't really contacting people i wasn't really communicating with my friends even
1: no. i was
3: exhausted i was ex- i was just felt really tired i just slept a lot and i had zero energy whatsoever and then i slowly kind of started emerging from it i started thinking about what we're going through as trauma like collective trauma because we don't you know because it's all happened really suddenly and because of the deaths you know and the kind of that collective energy of you know the anxiety and uncertainty you know I think as humans we always want to know what's happening you know so when we don't know what's happening we get that's where anxiety comes from you know that kind of feeling of like not being in control so it was tough then and then I got a book deal (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) so it was
3: like
1: (laughs) amazing Amazing.
3: So, so then it went like from like absolutely nothing oh no then I, oh sorry I missed out the missed out the the super productive stage where I was like um weeding the garden and clearing the garden of course, I was like I'm, gonna, course, yeah. I was, like, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna do raised beds we're gonna this is it I mean we this is this is like a, this is like apocalypse apocalypse time so I'm gonna like you know we're gonna gonna try to sow some gadget and stuff so I was like we're gonna <laughs> have food for the winter so <laughs> and then i'm like baking and then i'm like cool okay so what i'm going to do is i'm going to become qualified i'm going to become a graphic designer like in this downtime because now i'm like all those crazy ideas and then i realized i was like you know what i i need to like I need to calm down and I need to actually look up what this time is teaching me. And yeah. what this time is teaching me is, um, hi, Sook, by the way, you haven't had a break in five years. Yeah. Maybe now's <laughs> the time to actually go reflect on the past five years, look at where you want to go. Um, see how, you know, what, like my no personal life guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I never saw my friends. There was no, yeah. but, you know, when you're in that phase of your career, when you're building everything else, as much as, I didn't even know how to relax, you know, I'd be like, I wasn't sleeping properly. My, you know, your hours are funny, you're gigging and then you're like in hotels or you're like, you know, on a train back from the Midlands or whatever. And then you're living off Tesco meal deals and like your, your skin's crap and you know, everything you just feel rubbish. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. So we kind of, it's been a process of like rediscovering who I am now. Mm. Um, what I, what I want to do. And then the, the book deal was just such a beautiful blessing that came out of nowhere because, um, uh, or, oh, I don't know, it's a separate question or it's the same question. Sorry, I don't no. want to like
2: no, oh, one. no, it's all, <laughs> it's what it's all about. <laughs> We're here to um, listen,
3: but but comedy has basically given me the greatest gift for me, which is um. Uh, not children in this case. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's children like over are overrated. Yeah, exactly. It's, they're <laughs> overrated. So
1: gift is a strong oh, word. Yeah. You know, gift is a strong word.
3: Nightmare. Yeah. After running around, after yeah. running around after a toddler, I can bet. But cool. it it's basically meant an editor at a really big publishing house had seen my stand up and had gone, okay, she can write. I wonder if she wants to write a novel. And, um, just contacted me and I was like, yeah, but I thought I was going to write it at 50, you know, when I had my little house by yeah. the sea, when I was like living in a cottage and, you know, um, making my own soup and stuff. And um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was like, do you want to do it now? And I was like, all right. Um, and it, it, it's been wonderful. It's, it's been incredible. And what, what a, an amazing gift now to, you know, obviously work is live events are going to carry on from August. They're saying, but, you know, I'm in kind of two minds about like, when do you do the tour? You know, it's such a hard decision to make. You know, when are people going to be comfortable for the next phase of lockdown? So, you know, it's been great. So now I've gone from nothing to raised beds and baking um, to now I'm like building a home gym. Well. Because I don't want to go back into... Je- yeah, I, I miss I miss deadlifts, man. I'm going to say it. I've become one of those. I've become a gym bro. Like, wow.
1: <laughs> Amazing. So we, this time I, next year, we're going to see like a tonk. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to
3: be a hench. Oh, that was, it's going to be my show. It's going to be about powerlifting for jumps. <laughs> <say> so... <laughs> they come on stage I'll be doing bench press on stage at Harrow Art Centre um,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, so yeah so I'm like cool okay in this yeah, I hate the, I hate this phrase new normal just because it's been used so much but in this next phase of normality you know now I've got to sit and write a book now I've got to engage my brain and be like yeah. you need to sit down and write a certain amount of words every day and I'm, I'm not gonna lie see the words that are coming out at 99% of them are shit like
2: I'm just
1: like <laughs> but I
3: am but for once in my life, because I'm a flighty creative type, and we don't stick to anything. We don't commit to anything. You know, we're the type of people who just like, go, like, live your life, do what you want. But now I'm like, nope, consistent routine. You know, I'm like writing, workout, protein shakes, you know, big shops. Like, that's why it's a very wholesome life. Yeah. <laughs> to what it used to be. But I'm enjoying it now because I have a focus and I think we need a focus, right? Otherwise, yeah, absolutely. what's it all for? So...
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so, a, a couple of years ago, myself and Jojo were watching mm-hmm. uh, Sky Movies, and okay. it was a film called Victoria and Abdul, <laughs>
2: um,
1: starring the okay. amazing Judy Dench yep. um, mm-hmm. and Ali Fuzzle, who played Abdul. Yeah. Was, uh, mm-hmm. It was awesome to see. And then there was a scene that came on, <laughs> like, um, I think it was a halfway through. And it's a scene where Abdul introduces his wife to the queen.
2: Yeah.
1: And w- looking at this lady, I'd looked over and Jot said like, she looks like Sukh Ojla. And then lo and oh. behold. The credits roll. The credits roll and it's look <laughs> Ojla. Now, yeah, like, about this. So, yeah, so crazily random, but at the same time, mm. like, like unbelievably awesome. Um, what mm. was your experience like being in that film um, especially with like you know, the, the caliber of actors in it and um, yeah. and also can we look forward to more film work from you in the future also? Well
3: firstly my you watching it and seeing me and being like this is random but great that was pretty much my experience on the film <laughs> it was like <laughs> yeah. this is random but great uh, yeah look my first film my first feature awesome. Um came out of nowhere you know my agent was like 2016 filmed it you know and she was like oh it's this thing and she was like you know the thing is there's no lines i was like i don't care it's judy Dench. i don't give a sh- shit what it is i was like <laughs> yeah. i don't care i'll just stand if i just have to stand there in shot that's fine um and she basically um was like this is the part and i was like this is unreal the whole thing was like a dream you know mm-hmm. the whole thing it was just like you know i was in a period where i wasn't really doing stand-up at all and um I didn't, acting work was like so thin on the ground, you know, as is the way with a lot of it. And I had only been back in the industry for... To, like less than two years at this point. Mm. So I'm very much kind of like starting over and you know, and I'd moved home and there was all this stuff going on and then this happens and I, next thing I know I'm on the Isle of Wight filming on location with Judy Dench in a scene <laughs> where she's and she's just chatting to me, going, Oh so what do you make of the Isle of Wight And I'm like, You're Judy Dench <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and I'm like Don't. I was like, um, um uh, you know what, it, it was it was amazing. My mm. it's so weird because, you know the, I look at it now and I'm a very different person four years later so like when we filmed it it was literally this time four years ago that I was auditioning for it oh,
2: wow. um,
3: and I just think wow like 2020 took would have handled the whole thing so differently because I was like my anxiety was through the roof throughout the whole time I was like I was like don't mess it up don't mess it up how you can mess up standing and not saying anything I don't know I wish wish somebody had told me but I was like you're gonna mess it up you're not gonna do this thing right you're not oh no um but it was brilliant I just felt really I'll be honest like it was such a wonderful experience but at that time it was self-deprecating Suki didn't believe that she was worthy of any of it so you know there was kind of like this amazing thing happening and then me not being able to be in the moment and enjoying it but like it was I I really kind of got a real hunger for film afterwards I was like I want to do more I want to do more and you know I hope that there is more of that in my future and I hope that there's more TV but it's one of those things where that was a really specific part because Mm. that is you know obviously she was a real woman and she's described as being kind of curvy and like quite plump and obviously, they were like, oh, a lot of Asian actresses, and they and young, you know. So they were like, mm. like you know, uh, like they were like, I think she's supposed to be late twenties. Um, um. So they were like, okay, so who's that young? And a lot of Asian actresses, as you know, British Asian actresses, are very beautiful in that kind of standard, conventional kind of Bollywood way, and are like really quite glamorous and are you know and are a certain size. Let's be honest, you know, mm. and that's what the kind of industry, quote unquote, demands. And so I was like, for the first time in my life, being fat has gone in my face. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> and the casting directors like, "Oh my gosh, you, oh you wouldn't know God. like how how difficult it is to find." You know, um, um, I'm like, "You can say it, babe. You call it curvy, call it what you like." Oh. But for once, those are Le Bronte, I'm like, have done me a son <laughs> yeah. lifetime. That lifetime of. Yeah, it's probably the one where you don't be, have like, to get like,
1: into shape. To into videos, shape, more. So, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was like,
3: you know. Also, as you know, I'm wearing a full burqa as well. So I yeah, was like, yeah. I was going to town on the catering. I was like, yeah, I have full <laughs> <potatoes." Yeah>. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, normally so. I'd be like, oh gosh, you know, because obviously camera is step yeah. you know, <laughs> or, or I, bet, I better have a salad and then just be hungry and miserable. But like, also yeah. 2020 soap doesn't care about that stuff because I'm like, I am who I am, it's all good. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. Obviously, Eddie Izzard is in the film as well. So yes, I was, you yes. know, somebody... Somebody had told him stupidly that I do stand up, and I'd done like three gigs at this point. Oh wow! And and he turned to me and he was like, "Oh, I, I heard you do stand up," and I was like, "Who the hell told
2: oh, <laughs> Eddie? Yeah, yeah.
1: Who's the snitch?" So,
3: oh, yeah, I was like, "Don't tell him that." He bundled. so I was like, "You know, I'm really, <laughs> you
2: know
3: I've only done a few gigs. He's like, a, he's not like my one of my comedy heroes. Uh, you know, he's he's wonderful and brilliant." So. It was incredible. I'll be honest. I was not cool about any of it. I walked around the whole time being like, "Oh my god, it's Michael Gambon! Oh my god, it's Azad. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! Oh my god!" You know that that was like my internal oh, monologue. You yeah. know, just in my in my trailer, just going, "Oh my god, these people bringing me stuff. Like they're bringing me tea, and I'm like, I feel really bad. Like they shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, that's their job. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was an incredible experience. And you know, I really hope that there's more of more of that. And hopefully, I will get a line or two next time. <laughs> <Yeah. in> a- <laughs> Am I my am way up to that, but you know what? I was. I'm also like, if nothing else happens to me in TV, you know, who knows? It's not in my hands. You know, if nothing else happens to me in TV, I've got. I'm. I'm in a film with Judi Dench, and I can die happy knowing that. That's
1: a massive, massive, massive plaudit and a massive claim to fame as well. To be fair, mm, is
2: not? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: it is. <laughs> Rub that dirt off your shoulder.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: We ask um, all of our guests this one particular Mm -hmm. question.
2: Um, Oh,
0: God. Because we're a a British Asian (laughs) podcast and we pride ourselves in kind of, you know, trying to encompass all of the things that mean being British Asian. But what does Mm. that term mean for you specifically?
1: And does it actually even mean anything at all, to be fair?
3: Yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it. I think, do you know what the first thing that came into my head was like masala beans on toast? like how- <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. nothing says our cultures the the bridging of our cultures more than tadka beans uh, yeah. just in general to be fair
3: and that's my answer so
1: <laughs> <laughs> does does literally what it says on the tin <laughs> after you put but, some on you know, it
3: <laughs> of course but it's like well that's literally that's us isn't it you know yeah. coming yeah. to a country and you know having and beans on toast is like my my favorite my absolute favorite meal um you know such mm-hmm. comforting food and to like to, to then go and eat it at people's houses who are not Asian or to go have it in a cuff and I'm like oh, sorry where's where's the onion like well, yeah, where's exactly. the what's, what's going on <laughs> where's um, the
1: flavor in this <laughs> yeah.
3: sorry what's going on I mean interesting isn't it because growing up obviously um you know, I grew up in the in the 90s really and it, it's a it's a, um, a lot of it is identity crisis you know I guess it's only kind of in the last five or six years where I've not thought of being British Asian as feeling like an identity crisis like Mm -hmm, before then it's like well, where do I fit in where do I fit in but I think a lot of that was me not really owning um, my Punjabi heritage you know not really understanding the depth of it and not you know I we grew up in a time where it wasn't cool to be Asian it's like oh we had that little Asian explosion you know in the 90s where Madonna was wearing a bindi And um, the Spice Girls were doing gigs in Mumbai wearing salawara, you know, and stuff. It's like, okay, great. And then you've got um, Goodness Gracious Me, and there was Cooler Shaker doing the whole thing. And so, but even then, I was like, oh, really, that's not very cool, is it? And then at heart, true like <laughs> true proper old school bungalow listening to like you know proper Punjabi speaking person here, but I would just kind of hid away from it and kind of whitewashed myself a lot
2: mm. uh
3: and one of the reasons I use Punjabi in my stand up every single time doesn't matter what the audience is um what what you know what the demographic is it is because I'm so proud of it, and it it really makes. Up such a huge part of who I am but I also know that I would not have this life we would not have this life had our parents not made those sacrifices and come to this country yes. where there is an infinitely like, for all the problems in this country like, that is an infinitely far better infrastructure you know in in, in so many different ways for mm-hmm. us to kind of thrive as well if we have those opportunities so I guess uh at that kind of this stage you kind of are like oh yeah I guess I don't really think of myself as British Asian I just am who I am yeah I'm a mix mix of all my influences but yeah I mean you can also cut this and just be like use that nice little soundbite (laughs) of (laughs) me they're like yes great we want to get on the wine so we're just going to use masala beans yeah Uh, (laughs) great
1: like so obviously you spoke about your book deal massive congratulations again on that Thank you so much. um and Thank we're yeah we all look forward to hearing some more work for you on paper um hopefully mm-hmm. in the very very near future um i know obviously you can't talk about it in too much detail but um yeah. what are there any other exciting projects for you in the pipeline besides the livestock tour
3: yeah, and I can't talk about that.
1: Oh wow, amazing! Oh, Here we so, are, <laughs> <at some> exclusive. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: I can't talk about them because they're in such. They're partly because I don't want really jinx it. Yeah, um, no, absolutely, um, no, and absolutely. partly, partly because I've signed things saying that I won't. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I will tell you that they are both TV related.
1: Fantastic, Yay. fantastic. We always so, speak uh, about yeah. representation. Like our, we have, we've had numerous shows in the past about representation, especially mm. for our community um, on television and, and how we're being yeah. represented as well. You know, and you know, A lot of the shows that have encompassed uh, things that have been South Asian have all been you know, negative in terms of terrorist-related or mm. forced marriage-related and things. And we just want to see normal Asians on TV being normal. Um, and yes! Just, oh my
3: god! Yes, I see.
1: Uh, just yeah,
3: a nor- Thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying that because um, you know I'm going to bloody write that down. i to <laughs> Next time, Magic next time, writing next time. Credit. I want to see that like, when it comes up <laughs> to the credits. Yeah,
1: royalties <laughs> on the native immigrants for that line. Thank you very much.
3: I'm going um, to go into meetings and say this because I have said that so many times, or like a variation of that so many times, where yeah. I'm like, I wrote, I wrote a play back in 2017 called PR Actually, which um, toured the, the country, was um, produced in, like, a, by Rifco Theatre Company, who are a I wonderful theatre Rifco, company based, yeah, yeah um, mm-hmm. up the road from you in Watford, yeah, Watford um, yeah. and they helped me like develop the idea and gave me the opportunity to do that. and. I when I was writing it and look baby writer in 2017 you know we're always learning and I was just like you know what I don't want to do I don't want to write a play about a forced marriage I don't want to write a play about terrorism I don't want to write a play where the women are meek and mild and oh you know because you see the you see Punjabi women in your in your households or in your life. Mm. Mm. How many of them are meek and mild? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <exactly.
2: laughs>
3: Certainly not in my family, mate. <laughs>
2: um,
3: and so I wrote I wrote a play. I can tell you about this because obviously this has already been out and loads of people have seen it. Um, I wrote a play about a woman who has an affair, a Punjabi woman who has an affair. Hoy hoy. You know, do you know what I mean? And, away, oh
1: my God, the shocks, the shocks yeah, from toba, the toba, toba, toba. who were like,
3: <laughs> there's, a, "There's a scene in a hotel where obviously you don't see it, but you." She walks in in a dressing gown, and okay. instantly it's like,
2: <gasps> I like sharon, "Oh my God.
3: You know, exactly. But it happens, you know. Yeah, and the course, and the story was based on an amalgamation of true stories from British Asian women, and. The reason why people liked it was because they were like, okay, so we know this character, or we are somebody who can relate to her in some way. And the reason non Asian audiences were like, oh my God, I get it. And our cultures are really similar, and blah, 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 and that expectation. And I get the double life thing. And so I think, like you, the projects that I'm working on, both of the TV projects, I've gone in and I've said, okay, what I want is a story that is. a normal everyday person going about their life they happen to be British Asian
2: um
3: there's going to be there's going to be no big wedding there's no going to be no big dance number in here like we're not doing any of that and when we come to casting guess what when we're casting our family they're all going to be Indian you're not going to go oh let's have that person because they're Portuguese so they kind of look Indian or let's have that person they're kind of Middle Eastern so that will go and then Mm. you've got this like family when they're all supposed to be related blood related to each other looking like a gap advert
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so true so so true
3: <laughs> so I'm like that's not normal you've got no you've got a whole Punjabi family not one Punjabi person in there mm-hmm. um, you've got somebody doing a really bad Indian accent because they're not Indian so my my dream is to create work that look you're never going to please everybody we know that um and our community is the first to build you up then tear you down I'm completely aware of that I've been been on the receiving receiving end of that yeah absolutely you know I'm not a role model for people that's not what I set out to do but what I would love to do is in our lifetime I would love for us to turn on the tv and just be like it's normal to see a nation family and not do what we had to do growing up and what I still do is when I go oh my god it's a guy with a bug Oh my God, it's a thing. Oh my God, it's a... Oh, no, it's an idiot. You know, which is what we've... I would love to just turn on the TV and that just not be a thing because we're so used to seeing a representation of modern day Britain on TV. Yeah.
1: Thank you, a good night. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Drop (laughs) the microphone. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Talk about representation. We were just wondering, because we were looking out Mm. for... um, comedians to watch you know and we've got you and we've got people like Tez Ilias and lots of people Mm -hmm. kind of out there to just to kind of like making it big now on tv and kind of getting Mm. their name known. but are there any up and comers that you would recommend for us
3: oh good question um the answer is no no, I'm the only one Um, I'll, I'll be there's on only it.
1: so many crumbs for the rest of us to scrap over I
3: I don't I mean I don't um I don't do the circuit necessarily and I don't mm. do kind of so I don't necessarily see the up-and-coming people I kind of do the, the gigs that I do um and I don't I'm not my finger is not you know there's some people who are like I know exactly what's going on in comedy I know exactly he's doing what my yep. finger is not on the pulse and also like a lot of stand up comedians I don't go and see stand up comedy because for me it becomes work yeah
2: exactly, because then exactly. because then I'm
3: like who's booking this gig or I wonder how they do, I wonder how long they've been going and oh I wonder why did that joke this is my thing when I go see stand up why <laughs> did that joke why did that joke work how did they make that how can I use yeah. that in my how okay, how do I apply that to my work? And then you're just, you're not even,
1: enjoying you're the just show, applauding yeah. at the end.
3: You're not even enjoying it, you know? Yeah. So I'm sorry, but that's, that's a rubbishy answer. But my, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of, I'm gone, I've gone into a writer world
1: now. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course.
3: Uh, with my, with my um, snacks of gibbara and, and, you know, endless cups of tea to kind Pick of up. get me get me going, get me, get me, you know, and keeping it real. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, live comedy, I just want to say, is really on the brink of kind almost being wiped out in this country because of coronavirus and yeah yeah. um it's it's actually quite a a terrifying time for people who are just starting out or even people who are kind of well established you know people who rely on this to kind of pay their bills and support their families and stuff and i really hope that i don't know when this is going out i'm assuming it's going out fairly soon
1: yes Yeah. yeah, yeah next couple of days
3: um but i'm really hoping that if you see like you know, live comedy funds, please, like, if you can donate, or like, you know, a lot of comedians have Ko or like Patreons and stuff like that, then please yeah. kind of do that because we talk about representation and we say, oh, I'd love to see more, you know, Asian faces or black faces on TV. But a lot of those people start out in stand up. And so, and stand up has become a way for people, or has been for a long time, a way for people to get onto TV and to film. And like it has been for me, it's, you know, it's been a real stepping stone. But if I couldn't have done it, or I didn't have the support to do it then I wouldn't be getting the opportunities I'm doing now so that's like my one hope is that after this when people feel comfortable to you when it's safe to they will go out and they will support live comedy as much as possible because you know Netflix specials are fantastic you know all those like one hour specials that we watch wherever yeah, yeah. you know or like clips on YouTube are wonderful but I you know I think it's I think we really kind, cause it's not really considered an art. It's not considered part of the arts, which is ridiculous. So like theatres might get funding or, you know, whatever, like film production companies might get funded or whatever, but live comedy always kind of falls through the cracks, which is yes, yes, really, indeed. really, really sad. It's really yeah. sad. So sorry, sorry to go all serious, but, no, um, it's true. You know, it's so true. Let, let's try and support it and let's, let's get more, let's get more diversity on our stages and on our screens, please. Absolutely.
1: Another mic drop. The mics are dropping all over the place.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you heard it here (laughs) um all right so lockdown is basically coming is more or less coming to an end um you know know. i don't think it should you know as asians we're like highly susceptible to all this anyway Mm. um but um like when this eventually does subside and we return Mm -hmm. to some i can't even say some kind of normality because what is normal now um but Mm. what is like the first thing that you would just love to do like that you just can't wait to do basically when it's out there in the open,
0: I'm gonna go to Nando's with my best mate.
1: Big up yourself. <laughs> well, have you not done the delivery thing? Because now, now they're delivering, no. and plus, oh, Nando's no, is like so they've do, got do, that, do that the VAT exempt as well, so it's actually cheaper. No, you know to it. You right know now, so. it. You and you know,
3: also, I've been looking it up because I've been planning this for
1: <laughs> a standard, while. Standard,
3: um, I've been looking it up table service. Oh, wow, what. Table service at Nando's, so they yeah, so the table service, and they'll bring you your napkin and your sauces and like what have you and everything. I mean, isn't this just what? Because I love Nando's, but sometimes when you're with a mate then you're like okay do you want to go, first? Shall I go first okay shall i get this then and then you can monzo me the money or like you know, or whatever or like yeah, oh no yeah, i've got yeah, cash yeah. or and then you're like oh but then i wanted to use my nando's card and get my points and so it was always a bit of a, <laughs> bit
1: of a thing. i used to i used and, to uh, love it because you didn't have to tip anyone at the end and you know how much we as Asians hate to oh like give gosh. extra money to anyone so <laughs> Cause and you i'm surprised yeah, cuz i paid first. exactly yeah i don't have to give you <gasps> nothing bro you know yeah, i didn't so.
3: even think about that the tipping thing never even crossed my mind I hope that their servers are paid really well yeah. now, yeah, exactly. now I feel bad that's true now bad. That's but really um cool. oh damn does this mean we're gonna have to tip now
2: because <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: we're giving our bill at the end um, but yeah literally it's it's as simple as I could have said oh I want to go on holiday whatever but I'm writing a book come on there's, there's gonna be no holidays till December um so uh, yeah my thing I just want to go to my mate to our favorite Nando's in London in central London which is our favorite Nando's that we go to Amazing. and o- order my Fino um, there's that one Nando's
1: Sorry, is that one Nando's I think it's near like South Bank, which has got like a chandelier in there Yes, it's, it's, this it's,
3: is the one in Water- Mate, I've been to them all <laughs> This is the one near Southwark Station
1: Yes, it is Exactly yes. Yeah, and it's got, it's got a <laughs> chandelier inside and you can get tables Hello. that are like M side as well so you're basically mm, In out a cocoon the- Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, absolutely in like a little cave Yeah, yeah, um, yeah That's, yeah, the, best, take, that's mate, the best That's probably the best Nando's <laughs> If I was why to say, I, took, I love this. It's like we're, I'm not going to take I'm you to not, a date to Nando's, am I? Like what not? kind we'll be of romantic? For God, is
0: God knows how long. You might as well. It's not like, what's wrong with
1: sort of on above and bro? Having you know four pound Dossers down the road. That's <laughs>
0: There you go.
1: Yeah, this is it. We, we had Nando's
0: delivery and genuinely it was the most delicious thing I've ever eaten.
1: Yeah, it was so. <laughs> good. A couple of like ravenous dogs, you know, just eating it with our faces <laughs> without even touching it with our hands. I brutal, love it. Brutal, Isn't brutal. it just
3: made you so grateful? Because in Nando's, you know, people would be like, oh no, let's not go to Nando's. Let's go somewhere nicer or let's go somewhere different. Or, let's, and now we're like, oh my God, Nando's. You know, you just want that kind of familiar, kind yeah, of comforting. it That's the problem, the you know? It's like I you mean for
1: granted and then when they're not Never there it's like oh my god like i'm the craving mm. it to another level it's it's crazy
3: i need you know things like walking into a restaurant we can't really do that now because obviously you've got a book and there's social distancing and all sorts of things but like you know walking along the street in soho and being like oh should we pop in here and let's let's see like what the yeah, menu's like yeah, you yeah, know yeah. not having that freedom and it, it's really you know once it's all kind of taken away you go oh okay what's really important you know and actually you know what's really important is me seeing a friend and doing something that we've done for years which is like Nando's is the only place we go um uh and 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 just having a lovely chat and and eating Nando's I I, it's it's so it's so interesting how your tastes have just become really simple now
2: yeah Yeah.
0: In, in
3: so many ways in so many ways what are you guys gonna do (laughs)
0: <laughs> we are going to leave the boy with his grandparents. Oh. Okay, good, good. We are going
1: Literally gonna, to... Not even that. We we're going to take a co- sofa each in our place and just watch like <laughs> old films from the 1950s and 60s. The whole oh, day. my
0: gosh. Yeah. <gasps> and there'll be no, like, mama, mama, mama. In the house. <laughs> he'll, just, he'll just be gone by uh, his yeah. grandparents and they'll have the best time ever. And we will genuinely be having the best time in the whole world just watching, just old,
1: watching films. old films. Not even talking to each other. Yeah. I don't want to even hear <laughs> a peep from you not talking for the to whole each other.
0: day. Not looking at each other. Not, like, no touching nothing. Just, no, yeah, just
2: exactly. separate sofas. Step, separate sofas. I oh, was,
0: sofa you
2: know what? Is <laughs> the one.
0: marriage like
1: Separate, <laughs> so separate sofas. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly it's it's the yeah, it's the new yeah it's the new I way was forward. Pushing for
0: an l-shaped sofa and he was like no two separate two sofas. separate sofas
1: bruv separate it's honestly you stretch like,
0: out
3: you yeah. stretch
1: out if you've had yeah. a fight you could just go onto the other sofa and then have to sit <laughs> next to that person you know but still be in the same room so it doesn't feel like there's any awkwardness um yeah we've got this down but to a do team what?
3: you guys need to write a marriage manual
2: because if i'm ever <laughs> oh, getting married I'm god like, forbid
1: Oh, but it's been an absolute pleasure for us. Thank you us, so for much. You've on our show. Um, you know, I, I know you've got so much happening in the pipeline. I know you can't talk about it, mm. but as and when mm-hmm. these things do happen, we'd love to have you back on to yeah. discuss, um, you know, especially the new book um, and yeah, all these, like, you know, secret kind of like massive <laughs> projects that you've got going on. That's all MI5 <laughs> related and shit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we would love to hear more about it in the future um and oh. yeah the best of luck and everything you do now for the rest of the year and going forward um thank so you where, so much no problem where can people find you uh on social media and everywhere online
3: um i'm mainly active on instagram uh, so just my name sokoshla very simple mm-hmm. um it did used to be for Suck's sake and then people would be like what and i'd be like it's for suk sake do you get it and they'd be like no
2: i'm
3: like yeah i'm like you don't need to follow me not no you've got no sense of humor um, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> so yeah so um instagram and twitter um at yeah at Sukhojla and also we're announcing the new dates for the tour within the next couple of weeks which awesome. is seems very exciting but also kind of terrifying at the same time because you're like oh but um so if you kind of want tickets for the tour then like that's the kind of place to look in a, in a few weeks and um yeah give me a follow and i'm you know i love i love my little instagram family so come join us
1: cool amazing amazing thank you so much to Sukhojla for joining us uh, this week.
3: Thank you. This has been a delight. Thank you so much. Highlight of my day. Thank
1: you. It's definitely the highlight for (laughs) ours because it's been like (laughs) hell for us up until we switched record on this show. Um, So yeah, happier times ahead, hopefully. Um, Lovely but um, for this week here on the Native Immigrants uh, it's been a great week for us and from me Swami Barakas
0: and from me Jojo B
1: we'll catch you all again next week for more of the same peace